So I have a friend, his name is Al Keach, and um, he is a friend, and he is a mentor to me in more ways than one. And I have a picture uh, of, of Al and Judy, and, uh, and I wanted to put that up so that we can kind of have a face associated. So Pastor Al is on Impact Rock's Board of Advisors, and from October of 1998... Uh, until the time that Impact Rock Church was planted, um, Al was my pastor and my friend. And so he mentored me in things of ministry and in shepherding. Had a, This guy has a tremendous shepherd's heart. Um, just He taught me many things that, honestly, as a church, we benefit now from, from that time of equipping and mentoring. But it wasn't just in ministry things that he mentored me. He also mentored me in painting. Al is a professional house painter, and he is a fantastic painter, and he is detail-oriented, and his prep work is second to none. Prep, prep, prep. And then once he has fully prepped, then he just sprays and cuts in, and, and he's awesome. And Al would attest to one thing, uh, one area where the, the student has exceeded the teacher is in my, my tape lines, my straight lines. Man, I am meticulous in my lines. And when I painted our kitchen at our house, uh, the first time Al came over, we're talking to Al, and he's like, uh-huh, yeah, that's... And he's just looking at our lines. And he goes, who did your lines? And I felt a little insulted. I'm like, what do you mean, who did our lines? I did our lines. And uh, he's like, those are the best lines. And he even said, he said, you have now exceeded me in this area of skill. And that was very exciting. So, you know, as a painter, um, there, there's, I've, I've worked as a painter since I was in college, uh, and I enjoy painting. And after a long, hard day of painting, the, I'm just going to be honest with you, the last thing I want to do in, in cleaning up and tearing down and getting ready to leave, the last thing I want to do is clean the rollers. Al swears by lamb's wool rollers. He says they will last for years and years and years and years, but you got you can use them and it gives you the best coverage, but then you got to clean them thoroughly and they will last forever. And, I, and they do. They're, they're fantastic. But there's times I cheat because I'm like, I'd rather buy something that I can just pull off, throw in the trash can, and I'm not going to wash that roller. Because when you're tired and you've worked hard all day long, the last thing there's times I want to do is, is clean a roller. Please open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to see a similar type, um, I, I guess, of end of day toil. Uh, in a minute here, we're going to see that there were some fishermen. And they had worked all throughout the night. And then we see them in the morning. And they're cleaning their nets. Um, and just to kind of give a little bit of history to this, um, fishermen at that time, they, they worked at night. They fished at night. Um, it was cooler in the night, and there were insects that hovered just right above the water because it was cooler. And so the fish were closer to the surface. And so that was the time that, that fishermen fished, and they cast their nets. And that's when the catch was. So we see fishermen on the shore cleaning their nets. That means the work day is over. They are punching out. They get to go relax, eat a big meal, take a nap. 
watch the Today Show, whatever you know they did back then. I don't know, but the day is over. So let's let's read Luke chapter five. Uh, I'm going to start. Uh, we're going to cover quite a few verses, but I'm just going to start off here, verse one. On one occasion. While the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, the crowd was pressing in on Jesus. This is the beginning of his ministry. And they're hearing this teacher and and the the life that he's bringing is drawing a crowd. So they're pressing on Jesus to hear the word of God. And he was standing on the lake of Genesaret. So I got to pause real quick because Lake Lake Genesaret is also the Sea of Galilee. But Luke is the author of this, and Luke is meticulous in his research, in his preparation, in his writing. And technically, the Sea of Galilee is not a sea. It is a lake. So I find it very funny, and, and, so, and I relate to this, because I'm very particular in a lot of things. Luke refuses to call it the Sea of Galilee. He calls it the Lake of, of Genesaret every time. And so for those of you who think that I, I am too particular about some things, Luke is too, okay? And that's okay. It's okay sometimes when we're particular. So, um, there we go. Uh, and so he, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of the boats and they were washing their nets. Verse 3. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, which was Peter's, Jesus asked him to put out a little from the land. I find that really interesting. Jesus just moseys on over and goes, Hey, uh, push out. I, I, I need a pulpit. I need a platform. I need a, an area. There's people that have come to hear me teach. And so, and I hope you don't mind, but you know, let, let's push out. I love the audacity of that. I think as Christians, there should be a certain amount of audacity that we have to, to do things that's like, what? He said, what? She did what? So Jesus sees these fishermen. They're wrapping it up. And he's like, hey, um, this your boat? Because uh, at this point, he, he Peter's not Peter. Peter is Simon. And Simon's not a follower yet. So there's a lot of audaciousness there. So it says, uh, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep. Put out into the deep. Today, the title of my message is Deeper. And we're going to look at the example of Jesus. And I'm going to point out eight things that we see from this passage of Scripture of Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11. But I want to prepare us for this word, this word deeper, put out into the deep. God is calling us to a deeper place. He is calling us to deeper areas of trust. He is calling us to deeper areas of obedience. He's calling us to deeper areas of influence and of demonstration of, of his presence, his power, and his love. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. I already talked about this. What, what, what's the state of the nets right now? 
They've been cleaned. They're drying. A lot of work has, a whole lot more work has gone into getting those nets cleaned and dry than me cleaning a roller. And once again, Jesus, he has the audacity to get in the boat and says, push out. I want to do a little preaching here. I want a, a waterfront message. Now he's saying, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon, verse 5, and Simon answered, Master, we worked our butts off all night and caught nothing. That that was my, my interpretation. We toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." For he and all, verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John's sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simon Peter. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Obedience came before trust. Obedience even came before faith. Peter did not believe that a darn thing would happen when he pushed out to the deep, when he went deeper and he cast his nest down. He didn't believe anything would happen. He gives Jesus a nevertheless statement. Uh, Nothing's going to happen. We've been working all night. You're a fine carpenter, I hear, but I'm a fisherman and I know what I'm doing and I know my trade and I know the elements and I'm telling you, we've worked like dogs all night and we caught nothing. It's just the kind of day it was. So we're not going to catch anything now because we we don't fish this time of day. But since you asked... I'll oblige you. Peter doubted Jesus' instruction, but he did it anyway. So I'm going to bring us to our first point in this message. Going deeper requires obedience despite doubt. Going deeper requires obedience despite doubt. We don't have to have everything figured out. If we did, we would have no need for faith. There's times we have doubt. There's times we don't know what the Lord is up to, what He's doing, when He's doing it. We don't know. We have doubts in different areas. And the Lord still asks us to obey. He still asks us to trust. And a lot of times that obedience will lead to trust. So what happened when when Peter obliged? 
the greatest catch ever. When Peter was obedient, when Peter obliged and, and, and threw the nets on the other side, pushed out into the deep, a catch that, that was almost greater than two boats worth, almost sank the boats. Number two, going deeper results in seeing the unimagined and the supernatural. What they saw was not natural. I know it involved natural elements. The fish were a natural element, but what took place there was supernatural. That was God's supernatural provision. That was God defying nature. That was God defying you know, habits of, of marine life. It was the supernatural. When we push out deeper, when we go deeper in the Lord, it results in seeing things that, that are supernatural. It results in seeing things that defy logic. Even when we have our nevertheless, Lord, I'm going to go ahead and oblige you, Lord, even though it's not always from that, that place of strength and power, but it is from a place of obedience. What we see is the remarkable. Why do we see that? Because of our faith? Because of our obedience? No, because of Jesus. Because that's who He is. But, but He requires agreement on our behalf for Him to do the things through us and, and to show us the things He wants. He's asking for agreement. The third point. Going deeper always brings doubts. It does. See, I, I don't believe that doubt is necessarily sin. I believe doubt a lot of times is a natural response. What do we do with the doubt? That, that's what determines the action that follows the doubt determines whether or not it's, it's sin or faith. Do you know that even Jesus, he made the, the declaration, he said, Father, if, if this can be passed from me, but nevertheless, not, not my will, but your will be done. Even the Lord had that moment, our Savior. See, I don't think the doubt is the sin. I think it's what we do with the doubt. I think it's how we respond, whether it's in faith and obedience. We see in the Word of God that Jesus was obedient fully to the Father. Everything the Father said, do, He did. Everything He saw the Father doing, He did. Everything He heard the Father speaking, He obeyed. We see two doubts in this story. We see two doubts from Peter in this story. First, we see that Peter doubts Jesus' fishing ability. And then those doubts about Jesus knowing what he's doing progresses to doubts about himself being used by such an awesome God. First he doubts Jesus and then when he sees the power of God manifest he doubts himself and he doubts whether or not God could use such a flawed individual. The first doubt is overcome by a miracle. The fish the second doubt is overcome by a promise. 
The first doubt is overcome by a miracle. The second doubt, overcome by a promise that you will be fishing for souls. I will use you to save souls. I will, I will use you to capture lives. Church, there's times we're going to have our di- doubts. There are times we're going to have seasons where we feel strong, but I think more often than not, there's, there's going to be seasons where we don't feel so strong or we feel weak or we feel unworthy. What do we do with those doubts? God wants us to believe the promise. I want to read that verse 7 again. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Lord, can you really use a man like me? Lord, can you really use a man that doubts you and that will doubt you again? Lord, can you really use a man whose faith is as weak as mine? That's what Peter's saying. Friends, if we will agree with with how Jesus sees you and I, He will use us in remarkable, supernatural ways that go beyond you and I. We just have to agree with how He sees us. See, He didn't see Simon. He saw Peter. For a matter of fact, Jesus was, was soon thereafter going to rename Peter, rename Simon and name him Peter, the Rock. How does God see us? My name is Mark, but how does Jesus see me? What does he say about me? Because I promise you this, whatever Jesus says says about me is truth. If he says I'm a rock, I'm a rock. If he says you're a rock, that you are solid, that you are strong, that, that the kingdom of God will be built upon faith like yours, then trust me, what he has to say is true. We just have to believe what God has to say about us. We have to believe how He sees us and what He wants to do in us. Man, I want to dance. Just talking about that, man. That second doubt overcome by a promise. For He and all, this is verse 9, for He and all who were with Him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. I love the tense that he used, like the you know present or past or future. From now on, you will be catching. It was ongoing. It was progressive. You caught fish. And look at, look at the load that, that came in today. 
But from now on, you're going to be catching lives. You're going to be catching men and women. You're going to be used by me. I said that number three, going deeper always brings doubts. Number four, going deeper always brings greater purpose. Going deeper in Him always brings greater purpose. I think it's very noble to be a hard-working dude like Simon was. I think it's very noble to, to be a small business owner He's got a couple partners. They got two boats, small business, working their butts off. I think it's very noble. I think it's admirable. I think it's it's deserving of respect within the community. I think it carries a certain amount of influence. He's providing a valuable service to the community. It's noble. God had a greater purpose for him. God had a greater purpose for him. Going deeper takes us into greater purpose. But we've got to be willing to push out. We've got to be willing to go beyond our weariness. We have got to be willing to go beyond our tiredness or our expertise or our, or our learnedness or whatever it is. We have got to be willing to be obedient and push out into that deep place. And I do want to point out that he did so in front of... Simon did so in front of a crowd. Jesus needed the pulpit to, to teach. There was a crowd there. Peter did all of this with people watching. I don't know what thoughts went through his mind. I don't know if thoughts were like, I look like the biggest butt right now. I, I don't know. I don't know if the thought was great great, now tomorrow someone else is going to ask me to go for a joy ride after I've worked hard all day, all, all night. Now these audacious requests are going to be made left and right by this guy's followers. Little did he know he was about to become one of them. Point number five. Going deeper is scary. So the Greek word for afraid here, Jesus said, do not be afraid. He said this to Simon, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Fear not. So I have a slide of the definition. I just pulled this. So there's the word phobeo. It's the word we get phobia from. And here's the definition. To put to flight by terrifying, to scare away. To put to flight, to flee, to run away. So what was Jesus saying when he said, don't be afraid? What was he saying? Don't, don't run from this. Don't run from this. I know it's scary. Don't be afraid. Don't run. I know it's bigger than you. I, I know you're freaking out. Don't run from me. See, Peter said that. He said, depart from me. He said, go away from me. Go away from me. I'm, I'm a sinful man. I'm a man who lacks faith. Jesus, go, go away. And by the way, he's on the boat, on his knees, on the boat, still in front of that crowd. So I don't want to hear about, we're not supposed to worship publicly. He fell to his knees in the midst of this miracle. And he, it was at Jesus' knees. And he said, go away from me. 
And Jesus said, how about this? I'm not going to go away from you and you don't run away from me. We're in this together. Going deeper is scary. Number seven, going deeper requires sacrifice. I'm sorry, that's number six, I believe. Going deeper requires sacrifice. Verse 11 says, And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. I want you guys to know, I understand, I understand this. At the same time that I was planting, that, that Kara and I were planting the Impact Rock Church in the first, this first Saturday of January in 2010, I'd also started the new business with three partners. And, and so I'm working hard to grow two things at once. And the business took off. And I made more money in a short time than I had ever made before. I'd never made six figures and then I made $100,000 and then it grew to $200,000. I had never even imagined making that much money in my life. I'd never even imagined it. And it's funny because the Lord had prophesied that over me and I, I just still, my imagination was too small, I guess. And we paid off debt and we paid off vehicles. You know, the expedition we have and we paid that sucker off like $13,000 in check. Woo! Paid off Loans, it was awesome. Paid off mortgages, or a second mortgage. But there did come a time when Jesus asked, would you leave it all behind for me so that you can build my kingdom? And we did. So I want you to know, I'm not asking, I, I, I'm not asking that of anybody. I don't know if Jesus is asking that, but I'm just letting you know, if he's asking you to make sacrifices, do it because there's greater purpose involved I don't miss any meals clearly I've got a nice home our vehicles run God is faithful and God is my provider and God is my source and I'm a part of something bigger than me I'm a part of something supernatural I'm a part of something and you are too you are too we're in this together so for you, it might not be leave that, that high-paying job behind. But what if he's saying, trust me in this thing right here? What if he's saying, trust me in this relationship? Trust me in this stretching that I'm doing on your life. Trust me in, in, starting, in, in starting that connect group and leading it. Trust me in whatever. Going deeper requires sacrifice. Number seven, going deeper requires risk. There's a saying, the deeper the water, the bigger the pearl. The deeper the water, the bigger the pearl. There's no reward without risk. Jesus is looking for followers. who will step out of the boat, who will risk stepping out of the boat for the reward of walking on water if we'll keep our eyes on Him.
the reward of being sustained by his power on the raging waters of life. If we'll keep our eyes on him. And number eight, going deeper brings others along too. I find it interesting because James and John, his partners, would also become followers of Jesus and they would become disciples. They would become apostles. But but who does he address in this scripture? Who does he address? Do we ever see him address John, son of Zebedee? James, son, son of Zebedee? No. He addresses Simon. Simon follows and others followed him. That successful small business that met the need for the community, all three partners walked and followed Jesus, made Jesus their priority. Friends, when we step out into those deep places, it is inspiring. When you step out into the deep places, I promise you this, there are others who will see and they will follow you. They will follow you. They will say, I respect her. Man, what she did... That, that's the kind of nerve I wish I had. And it will, it will stir them to good works. It will stir them to faith. Going deeper brings others with us. It's just how God, it's, it's how he intends it. That's how he grows his kingdom. So he he is calling us as a church and he is calling us as sons and daughters to go deeper. He is calling us to push past our, our comfort or our weariness. To push beyond our doubts and to say, Lord, I'm going to I'm going to obey. I'm nevertheless. I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't see it. And if I'm, you know, but I'm, I'm going to follow. What is the incredible purpose God wants to use you in? Wants to use me in. You know, when we talk about wrapping up a year and getting excited for a new year, I'm just letting you guys know that this church, we have yet to scratch the surface of the purpose that God has for us in our region and in our state. Church plants are supposed to come out of this church. People are supposed to be sent to the nations out of this church. We're supposed to be a pillar of strength in this church where the, the local the local government I'm doing this because town halls that way. That that they know that when there's a need, that they can reach out to Impact Rock Church because those people they they love people and they love Jesus and and they're just they're able to affect change. They're a strength. What about in your workplace? What about in your family? What about what about in your schools? Young people, what about in your schools? What about in your English class? What about in the lunchroom? He 
He's calling us to go deeper. He's calling us to go deeper into His presence. He's calling us to go deeper in relationship with Him. He's calling us to be obedient even though we don't understand it because He's got something remarkable that is at the end of that obedience. But He's first needing us to take a step. He's not going to do it the other way. He's not going to go, all right, since you won't take a step, here's what it is. It's a spiritual Lamborghini. I don't even know what a spiritual Lamborghini looks like, but it'd be awesome, whatever it is. But, he, but he's not, he's not going to do that. He's not going to show us the map. Lord, lay out the, the, the map of my life for me. Lord, show me what you have. He's like, okay, I will. Right foot here. Well, Lord, that's not the map. Well, it's the first step and that's all you're getting. Right foot here. That's how he does it. He wants us to walk in step with him according to faith. I know why we're obedient to God. You know why we're obedient to God. It's not out of obligation. It's out of what? Love. It's out of affection. I obey God not because of some legalistic form of having to justify my worth to God. I obey God because I love Him. I obey Jesus. You obey Jesus because you love Him. It's not about religion. It's about relationship with Him. 